What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Film Code. Thanks so much for clicking on this episode. This is a special edition episode. We're covering The Mandalorian Season 2. This has been all over the internet. Been the biggest series of 2020 so far. And I'm just so thrilled we get to talk about it. My name's Nathan Pig. I'm joined by one of our fantastic co-hosts, Brandon. Brandon, what's up? Hey, man. How, how are we doing? It's... It's a few days after Christmas. I'm still riding the high of getting a whole bunch of Mandalorian merch. I'm still riding the high of Mandalorian season two. I, 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 I'm just at a loss of words for this season, man. Um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be doing another sub episode with you guys. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're so excited to, to have you back. I'm excited to be talking to you again and doing another episode. Um, for those of you listening... If you're familiar with Film Code, you've heard me say this before. If you're not, this is your first time listening to us. I just want to talk about Film Code Podcast as a whole real quick. This is a side segment of our larger show. We've done 31 or 32 larger shows with our full ensemble of hosts, Brandon, myself, as well as two other great hosts that make up Film Code. We have guest hosts as well. We've talked about pretty much everything. We've done huge 2020 movies like Trial of Chicago 7, Tenant, Mank, Ma Rainey. We'll be doing the other big ones that come out as well. We've done classics like Citizen Kane, Inception, Get Out. We've done everything. We cover pretty much anything you want in TV uh, and movie related. So if you're listening to this right now, go check out our other episodes. I guarantee you we will be your new favorite podcast you just got to give us that chance. And with everything we've done, you'll find a bunch of content you'll love. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. Hopefully you go and check out our other stuff because we're still growing and I know you'll love it. But with all that said, let's get back to what we actually want to talk about today. And Safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. You expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers? This is the way. You know this is no place for a child. He goes. So I've heard. 
This is the way. That is The Mandalorian Season 2. And I just want to preface by saying, spoiler warning right now. We're going to dive into spoilers right now. So if you've seen a few of The Mandalorian episodes, if you haven't finished yet, come back to this after you finish because we're going to dive right into spoilers right now. So uh, with that being said, Brandon, this is your bread and butter. You're the biggest Star Wars fan here on this show. So why don't you kick us off with your review of season two? Man, overall, I uh, I really enjoyed the season. Um, I We were talking about this in our first review for the first three episodes about how it's, how it's kind of like the same pattern. Do this, get this. It broke that cycle in episode four and it definitely definitely broke that cycle in episode five um i just love the characters that were introduced i love that we brought back some characters i just really enjoyed it um it certainly surprised me because they gave us zero footage for episodes five through eight literally all the trailer footage was from one through four so literally we knew nothing going into this back half of the season and i think it did it for i think it made it all the better honestly because people can speculate online people can make all these different things from the footage gathered we weren't able to do that this time and it helped it definitely helped and i am honestly surprised they kept the secret of mark hamill being on set well one mark hamill being on set and two having luke skywalker in the finale i honestly like i was confused my first viewing like what what why and then my second view i'm like oh shit i'm on board so definitely this season amped up from the first season i'm excited for season three because it could go anywhere we don't know how this is gonna go so yeah this is my jumbled review so nathan it's one of the best seasons i've seen in anything since i can remember you know I, i don't watch tv shows too much anymore um, because I just trans transitioned to more of a movie guy. But this is the best season of any TV show that I can remember watching, maybe since Breaking Bad Season 5. Um, just eight impactful episodes. And I know that there's a couple that we don't love at the beginning of this season. But when you're just looking at this season as a whole, this eight-episode collection, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And, of course, that finale caps it all off. Um I'm stunned they were able to keep everything a secret. Um, not only with the Luke Skywalker stuff, but where the story was going. Um, specifically, episode um, six of season two, what would that be? Chapter 14, where um, he gets where Grogu gets taken. I think that was just such a stellar episode that they kept under wraps, too. Um, this whole season was fantastic. Even Boba Fett's involvement, you know, you guys had, had told me uh, before the season started that Boba Fett was just going to be a, a cameo and may, maybe had one scene. And that's not me trying to trying to dig you guys telling me that. It's just more so that's what people thought. People thought he was going to be a cameo. He was going to show up once or twice. And no, he was a pivotal character. So mm-hmm. Disney is not known for their secrecy. They normally promote everything. Um, it, unless it's the MCU, they're not very secretive with what they're doing, and they definitely were with this season. 
Yeah, man. Um, like you mentioned, the whole Boba Fett thing. When I first saw Boba Fett, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, he's back. And then they're like, oh yeah, we we think a Boba Fett show is kind of like, oh come on, we don't tell me you brought him back just for a cameo. And then I was certainly surprised when I saw Slave One flying in. I did not expect that at all. I'm like, holy shit, Boba Fett is in the Mandalorian. He's about to kick some ass, I think. But yeah, um, honestly, I'm honestly surprised they kept that under wraps, especially because they filmed on location for that episode. Um, they filmed at a place in Simi Valley um, where um, Donovan in our group chat, he lives like five minutes from there. And he went hiking a couple weeks ago there. He was telling me about it. But um, literally, they filmed on location. People were like out there filming them filming, like taking little videos on their phone from a distance. And they're like, oh, I think this is a Star Wars project, maybe. But they didn't know it was the Mandalorian, which is shocking. Like, even then, they were able, still able to keep it under wraps, which is cool. So I want to transition to what you talked about earlier. I think this season is so much stronger than season one for a lot of different reasons. There's a variety of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons is I think they got away from the whole formulaic writing process of episodes being, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. You know, Mando, you want something? Okay, help me do my problem, and then I'll help you, Mando, and then the episode will be over. And sure, there's some episodes like that in season two, of course there are, but they actually feel like you're getting somewhere. You know, mm -hmm. in season one, it was like, oh, Mando, you want X, Y, Z. Help me take care of this problem. And I felt like that didn't end up going anywhere necessarily. But in season two, it actually mattered. You know, he helps Bo-Katan, um, you know, reclaim the ship and get all the weapons. And that's how he found finds out where Ahsoka is. You know, that's actually meaningful. And he helps Ahsoka get done what she needs to get done. And then she tells him about the, the Jedi temple or rock or whatever we're calling that um it, it, it's meaningful it's meaningful and i just love that they got away from the oh you need help okay help me i mean people have made tiktoks on it that have blown up people have memed the absolute crap out of it people noticed that they were just rehashing the same stuff and i'm glad they got away from that exactly like i think episode four kind of broke that cycle when he went back to navarro um because like and well, I mean, yeah, they, he still went with the group of people to go take care of something, but like, it was more just a pastime. They're like, "Hey, yeah, your ship's getting worked on. Just go do this with us." But it, I think, it's adding a lot of. They're sprinkling seeds of the rise of the first order um, for me because, um, you know how we saw that tank thing, and yeah. everyone's like, "It's Snoke! It's Snoke!" They could be either Snoke or Palpatine, and I, that's definitely why they need. Um, we we got Baby Yoda's name finally, Grogu. Um, this is why they need Grogu's blood and his midichlorian count because they're trying to bring back either Palpatine or Snoke, and they're definitely definitely sprinkling seeds of the rise of the First Order. I I just personally see it. Um, um, I forget his name, but the guy the. The New Republic pilot at the end of the fourth episode even says he's like he's like there's something growing out there we need you talking to Cara Dune and like he they see it too they see that something's happening they know the Empire is gone but it's not gone 
Yeah. Um, and even, you know, Boba Fett has a line at the end of uh, when Grogu gets taken at the end of chapter 14. He says, you know, they're back. And I don't know if that fully means they're back as in the sequel trilogy, but still, I think that was a, a really impactful moment and one that, you know, ties into what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like they're, they're, they're just never really gone. They're still out and about, which confuses me. I don't think they're going to be too prevalent now that Moff Gideon is basically taken prisoner, but they also name-dropped Grand Admiral Thrawn, which blows my mind. So let's get into... Um, let's rule out, right, the finale, because I think that's an obvious answer. Mm-hmm. What was the best episode of season two that was not chapter 16? Chapter 14. Yeah, I, I think we're definitely in agreement on that one. Um, this was the first episode I watched with my girlfriend who had binged Mandalorian um, up until that point. First one we watched together, and it was incredible. Um, I think that definitely helped, but this is just a fantastic episode as is. Everything about it, you know, you got Boba Fett coming in. Um, you got the the shooter, whatever her name is. I forget what it is. Um, Fennec Shand. Yes. Um, she is back alive, which, you know, we kind of assumed, but we saw her again. And then the stormtroopers coming, the Razor Crest blowing up, um, Grogu eventually channeling Luke. It was it was all just so great. Boba getting his armor back. Yes, that as well. That scene is just fantastic. Like, uh, it's so I don't know if you've seen the making of Mandalorian season two yet. The the documentary. Um, I don't want to go too far. I don't want to spoil anything for you. But uh, Robert Rodriguez, um, he showed Dave Filoni and John Favreau his little short film that he did with his kids, where it was basically that scene of Boba getting his armor and just killing stormtroopers and stuff. He was using action figures to have them knock over and stuff. It was funny, but it they made it work in live action. They went from that to an actual filmed thing that is now canon. And it's great because like Boba Fett was just okay in the original trilogy. Like he, he didn't add much. Yeah, he captured Han Solo and everything, but he didn't add much to the original trilogy. They showed us why we should like Boba Fett in this show. Yeah, I don't want to see anyone ever hating on Boba Fett again because <laughs> this man is such a badass, um, and he proved it in this season. So let let's move forward to you know that that final episode, right? Um, just incredible. I think this is one of the best episodes. Not no, never mind. Not I think. I know that this is one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. And I don't have a a comprehensive list or anything like that of best TV episodes I've ever seen. Uh, You know, of course, there's some Breaking Bad episodes on there. There's probably some episodes of Lost on there. But this is absolutely a top five episode I've ever seen in anything. Maybe top three. Um, It's incredible. I love to disagree with you there on it being one of the best. However, I will agree with you that it is a great episode, and I think it's one of the best of this of the show. Because just even from the beginning, you just have that action sequence where, like that one, that one Imperial pilot's like ready to shoot the scientist. It's like, yeah, you kill me, he goes too. 
and then he just kept taunting Cara Dune. He gets shot in the face, and I just love that. But um, overall, yeah, I say I, I think the action really amped up this episode. Like, yeah, the Boba Fett thing was cool, but you have four badass females running around kicking ass while Mandalorian's while uh, Din is running on his own trying to get Grogu. It, it's great. And then you have that Luke reveal, and Moff Gideon is just shit in his pants. When, like, do what? When did you know that it was Luke? Okay, so when I saw the X Wing fly in, she's like, oh, when X Wing, we're saved. I'm like, is that Red Five? No, it can't be. They wouldn't. And then you see a hooded figure, like, fighting something, like, there's no way it's Luke. I I recorded my reaction. I'm like, there's no way it's Luke. There's no way it's Luke. And then they showed the lightsaber i'm like it's luke no way so you knew before they showed the hand yeah yeah you see the green lightsaber there's not many jedi left that have green lightsabers right um yeah i i'm gonna go on the same boat with you there i kind of hoped that it was luke and then you see the hand and you're like that's gotta be luke but you still don't know for sure until he pulls the hood down um Obviously, this I feel like this is a loaded question here, but you're not as high on the finale as I thought you would be. So let's talk about it. You think the incorporation of Luke works, right? Or oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent that. Okay, so I I definitely think it works because one, um, because we know how the sequel trilogy goes. We know that Luke formed a new Jedi Order and was training a new generation of Jedi, and of course, it ultimately failed. And I think this ultimately, I'll explain a little bit more on this in a second, but um, it works because, yeah, he's taking Grogu to train him. And I think he's going to die to Ben Solo. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it definitely works. But here's my thing. Everyone's saying that, oh, this version of Luke just like... It, the sequel fans are like, oh, this version of Luke ruins Luke and Last Jedi. Oh, he's just fan service. But then you have the people who hate the sequel trilogy are like, this is the best Luke we've ever had. I'm like, okay, there is a balance. Okay, so you remember how Ahsoka was saying, I can't train him. He has too much fear. Luke is just taking anybody. And I think this is where he's making the mistake because he's trying. I think he's a little too arrogant. Arrogant and the way what of what he wants to do. He's wanting to train a new generation of Jedi. He doesn't care who he takes in. He's just trying to train everybody, get the new generation of Jedi going. Not taking into account, basically, like Ahsoka said, I can't train him. He's, he has too much fear and anger. I've seen what a fully trained, I've seen what it can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight. Luke does not realize that. He's just wanting to take everybody and train him. And that's what ultimately leads to the downfall and what leads him to Last Jedi Luke. You know what I mean? I do. I do. So, that's a lot to unpack right there. Um, But it's obviously an awesome scene. It's obviously an awesome moment. But you think it still makes sense in the grand scheme of Star Wars. You just don't... You just don't think Luke is um, maybe the proper teacher for Grogu, I guess is what you're saying. Right. Well, I mean... I mean, I, I totally think he is, but I just think Luke just taking anybody because they have, they're have force sensitive. I think that's an issue. 
Like, I, it's not an issue that I have with the story or anything. I on a character aspect, like, uh, I don't care. Uh, it's not. Sorry, Phoenix, edit this out. Um, it's more of a um, thing of their character development. Like, it's not an issue that I have with the character development. It's more of the mistakes they're making as a character. You know. Yes. It's so, just like it's just like you don't hate Walter White as a character. You hate the person he is. You don't like like you just see the the downfall of him. Like like writing wise is great, but you just hate to see the downfall of him. So, that's, that's that's how it is for me. Like I just don't like. It's it's unfortunate to see how because he's just taking everybody in and training them. Sorry, keep cutting you off. Well, I think I think personally, it's a it's a great finale to um, the story of Grogu. You know, maybe we'll see him again. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have to see him again. But at least this whole plot line is wrapped up, and the Mandalorian can move on to something else. And I think it's just a perfect finale. You know, he has been looking for a Jedi to take Grogu forever for virtually the whole show, and who better to take him than you know the greatest Jedi ever? Luke Skywalker and I I really love how they incorporated other Star Wars characters that we knew into this show you know I'm a believer in this these new Star Wars movies just need to go away uh, go, go to new characters stay away from the Skywalkers things like that but with this show and when it takes place you had to make connections into the larger Star Wars universe and seeing Ahsoka seeing Boba Fett I thought that was just so incredible and mm-hmm. really made it more valuable because you know, you know how I felt about season one. You know, I didn't think it really mattered all that much. I didn't watch season one until a year after it came out, and I didn't really miss anything in that calendar year. And honestly, I didn't miss anything that season one really did except for establish Grogu for season two. Like, it, 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 you take someone that watches the movies, right? but not season one of the Mandalorian and you take someone that watches all of it, they're not missing too much, but season two matters to the larger star Wars universe. That's more so what I'm saying. It's like Ant-Man, right? You can watch all the MCU movies and skip Ant-Man and just say, Oh yeah, there's this thing called the quantum realm. It's how they time travel. Yeah, that's it. Um, you can, you can say it in one sentence, not, not with Mandalorian season two. So I love that they actually had things that mattered. I guess what I'm trying to say is season one felt too inconsequential. Of course, there was cool moments, of course, but it felt inconsequential. And season two did not do that whatsoever. Mm. I will say, like, I love how they're bringing, like, old characters in, like, Bo-Katan and Sokotano because it leads you to leads like not big star wars fans to look back and be like hey who is this character let me let me look into some episodes of like clone wars or rebels or something it works you know it does it does and um you know we were talking before we started recording this about how i haven't watched all the clone wars yet you know my girlfriend and i just started watching it because of the mandalorian um and it just makes sense to tie these characters in. You know, I haven't seen Bo-Katan in Clone Wars yet because we just started, but I'm looking forward to it. And I feel like they tied her in pretty well. I I can confidently say that without watching it. 
Um, it, it just makes sense for this universe to tie people together. And, you know, this is my complaint with the MCU, right? I feel like the MCU doesn't... Like, this, it's a shared world with so many villains and so many heroes. And there's got to be people in the same place at one time. You know, how come Iron Man isn't mentioning this character? How come Spider-Man doesn't know about this character that they would literally be in the same city at the same time. How come Doctor Strange can see everything but doesn't know, doesn't stop this situation? You know, things like that. Like, they built this really comprehensive world that there's gaps everywhere in the MCU. With Star Wars, they built this comprehensive world that they're now tying the pieces together. And that's what I love about it. So, whereas I felt season one was very inconsequential, season two gives us real stakes, matters for the larger Star Wars universe. And I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I'll agree with you about how it matters a lot more for the future Star Wars. Because another thing is the end of this the end of the show, they keep mentioning about how Mandalore is just taken over by the Empire and it's just oh it's just like a fail state now. And I think Din has a higher purpose now than just protecting a kid. He he has the dark saber now. He's got to find a way to give it back to Bo. Bo Katan is wanting to take back Mandalore. I think Din, Bo, and um, I keep forgetting her name. Sasha Banks's character. Um, they're all gonna try and take back Mandalore, and I think it's gonna be great to see how that goes. You know, I think that's gonna be for season three, the War on Mandalore. So you took the words right out of my mouth. Let's move on to season three speculation. We're not going to get it for a while, but you you went ahead and talked about it right now. You think they're going to shift the focus to Mandalore, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do with how they've set it up. You know, Bo-Katan, I feel like she's still going to be in season three, at least in the first half. She's got to be. Um, and it's going to be all about the Darksaber and about Mandalore. And... What other speculations do you have about season three? I I think that's the only thing I can really speculate, you know, because that's something that they've been setting up this entire season, I feel like, ever since Bo Katan got introduced. She's like, I need to she's like, I need to rule Mandalore and I need to get back something that was once mine in order to rule Mandalore. And but now the Darksaber's in the wrong hands and they're gonna have to explain. Okay, so Real quick, they you know that end credit scene where Fennec and Boba take over, yeah, Jabba's palace. Of course, that means Fennec gets on the sh like, like that means there's a little bit of time between when Boba picks up Fennec and the rest of the gang. I, I needed to know what happens in between when Grogu gets taken away and the time that Fennec gets to Jabba's palace because Fennec is still on the ship, and I need to figure out how what happens between Bo-Katan and Din Djarin, because they're not just going to be like, all right, we'll pack it up and go home. There was something that was set up before the Dark Troopers got there. They were going to... Bo-Katan was, like, pissed that Din now has the, the Darksaber. And so, it's just a lot of stuff to set up, you know? So why can't they just fight and Mando just, just like, completely half-ass the fight? Why can't they do that? Because it's the battle to the death. Oh, it's to the death? Yeah. Well, what? Moff Gideon didn't die. I mean... Because, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a true man. He wasn't a true Mandalorian. This is... See, I feel like they backed themselves into a corner big time with this writing. Yeah. 
You need. I, I think you need to watch Clone Wars and Rebels to understand. All right. Well, we will reconvene in six months then and, and talk about this <laughs> subject. Um, yeah, so I feel like we're going to see Grogu maybe for an episode or for half an episode. I don't think I think the Grogu storyline is done, but I don't think he's done appearing in the Mandalorian because Mando literally says, I'll see you again, I promise. And I don't think they're going to say, I'll see you again, I promise, and then not show him. I think that, you know, unless J.J. Abrams is writing that script, which he's not, I don't think they say <laughs> things that don't happen. Um, so I think we're going to see Grogu again. I, I don't think that's going to be any massive plot line or anything like that. I'm... I would confidently say Boba Fett's probably done in this show because he's getting his own. Maybe he's appears again for another episode, but I think we're going to see a lot more of um, Carl Weathers, and yeah. Do you think we'll get more Bill Burr? Probably not. I think that that just seemed like a, a cameo character. I think we'll get more of um, who's the bald-headed dude that they let walk. What's that guy's name? Bill Burr, Mayfeld. No. Oh, that's him? Okay, sorry. I was getting a couple people confused. Then, yeah, I do think we're going to see more of him. I thought you meant someone else. Um, no. My mistake. Yes, I, d I do think we're going to see more of him. I think he's too important of a character. Um, and they're going to need to do something here. So I, I I don't know what it is, but he, he'll be back. He'll be back. Um, so... Let's talk more now about Moff Gideon is obviously surrendered alive. There's got to be some type of conflict or villain for season three. Do you think it's him? And where uh -huh. do you think that goes? See, this is tough because I, w I would say Grand Admiral Thrawn if they didn't set up an Ahsoka show, a New Republic show, and a Boba Fett show. Because there's so much, so many shows now happening in this era in this timeline that I would say Grand Admiral Thrawn, but I can't now because of all these shows. It'll be tough because now Moff Gideon is in the clutches of the New Republic. He's now a prisoner. And like, I don't think we'll get too much of Moff Gideon, but we'll get him. It'll be tough to figure out who's going to be the real enemy. And But if we go the route of the war on Mandalore, I think the Empire mixed with some Mandalorians still run Matt that man that part of Mandalore um I can't really say much about who rules Mandalore without spoiling it for you for rebels well let's not go there then um I will say this is this might be an unpopular opinion but I want to hear your take on it um I was a little bit disappointed with Moff Gideon's character and um I guess more so surprised that the Mandalorian was able to do so well without a true overarching villain. You know, this breaks trend for for superhero movies, for stories like this. I know Star Wars isn't a superhero movie, but it's similar, um, where there's not a true villain. Because, look, we love Giancarlo Esposito. You know, we got to meet him. I got to talk to him. We love that man. But I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the character. We love Moff Gideon because we love Giancarlo Esposito. We don't love him because he's a badass villain. He's not really in it. He doesn't show up till episode seven, till chapter seven. And he's in chapter seven and he's in chapter eight. And then he's got a couple cameos here and there in the first half of season two. And then he's pretty much in the finale. And that's pretty much it. 
I feel like we might be changing our words on this one to come season three, only considering how, depending on if, like, because, you know, there's a lot going on in between the start of the First Order and how he, what he did when he had Grogu. Um, I mean, you could just see it about him pulling strings here and there throughout this entire season. Like, it, it set it up. He's like, like, yeah, we put the tracker on the Razor Crest. Boom, Razor Crest blows up. He he knew that he was going with Bo-Katan. He knew he was hanging out with Ahsoka. He he knew these things. Like, like he may not have been prevalent in the show, but he knew everything that went. On. I mean, of course, it's in the script, but he knew of everything that happened. He's he's just waiting for the perfect moment to strike, and that was the perfect moment to strike. Was when he destroys the ship, so Mando can't go after him. He's they're pretty much tired out be, because the Empire basically went and attacked them. And but like he he even ex- he even had a failsafe for when like they boarded his ship in the final episode. They knew he knew that they were gonna go attack. He set it up too. Like he left the bridge. He went and fought. He le- he went and waited for Mando to go to Grogu's cell. And like yeah, Gro- uh, not Grogu. Moff Gideon isn't the best swordsman, but like he fought. He's well. not. Tr- he did fight well, but he's not trying to be the best swordsman because he got bested in combat pretty well. He's just there for the power. He has the power through the saber. And I'm like, I'm not talking about physical power, just mental power. And like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and listen, right. Like I'm again, I want to make myself perfectly clear. We like Giancarlo Esposito a lot. I got to meet him. Thanks to Brandon. Um, we love him especially since we're such big Breaking Bad fans. Um, we like him as an actor. It's, it's kind of the same thing with Mace Windu, right? We love Samuel L. Jackson. When you look non-biasedly at Mace Windu as a character, all he really does is sit around and talk about the Senate and then get oh, waxed by Palpatine. I don't like Mace Windu. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, We love Samuel L. Jackson. We don't really love Mace Windu. We love G. Carl Esposito. We don't really love Moff Gideon. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say is he doesn't really do anything. And that's another thing. I'm more so complimenting the writing team because they were able to make this season and series so successful without having a villain that was present all the time. And that's something I haven't seen since I can remember. So that's great. But, um, you know, I just aired a grievance, something that I had a problem with in this season. Brandon, what what problems did you have with this season, if any? Um, I mean, of course, there's very few, but I mean, there's a couple continuity things which I can't really dive into without talking spoilers. Okay, but um, it's it, I mean, it's kind of tough, you know. Okay, I, I I think I think the first couple episodes were slow burners. The first one was great for what it was doing but it didn't add much to the story um same with the second one like i wish i wish cub vanth would have come back either for the finale or i hope cub vanth comes back timothy oliphant's character because his character was great he has motives and he he's a respectable character because like at first i thought i wasn't gonna like him and then i ended up really liking his character what is he coming back in if he were to predict I'm assuming season three, like it, not even for War of Mandalore or something, but just be like, hey, 
we need you for something. I'd be fine with that. What about Frog Lady? Are we seeing her again? No. Nah. <laughs> nah. Um, did you know the actress of Frog Lady also did Quill? No, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, Mister Rosa. So I think I think they'll bring her back for season three in some way, shape, or form. But as Frog Lady, no. Frog Lady's story is done. Okay, so you really didn't have too many problems with with not the that, season. Not that I can think of right off the bat, you know? Yeah, and, and I agree. It was a very enjoyable season. Like I said, it's one of the best seasons um, that I've seen in a long time. Really enjoyed it. Really loved it. And I just want to talk about something we talked about earlier. You know, going back to, to Luke, um, you can do fan service. Fan service is not always a bad thing, right? Like, Twitter, especially film Twitter, has this opinion now that fan service is always a negative thing. You know, they did fan service in Endgame with Mjolnir and Cap, and everyone loved it. So why is fan service now a bad thing? It's it's not. It, you can do fan service and have it make sense to the story and have it actually legitimate in your storyline. So I don't understand why people are like, oh, that's cheap. If you hate that Luke scene, you just hate fun here here's my words on this okay so i i i don't want to really bash them on the podcast but i will say certain raylos um i'm not a raylo i will never be a raylo i'm sorry i just don't like the fact of trying to ship ray and kylo but i yeah. think i <laughs> It's hard to word without being mean. Um, the only people that I've seen have issues with this are Raylos, And I don't know if it's because they know that Ben will kill Grogu or something. Or anything like that. It's just tough. But I don't like how they're creating an issue on that just because they brought back an old character. They call them fanservice man and all that. I'm like, it works for the story, people. Come on. Yeah. Um, one issue that I did bring up, oh, that I want to bring up though, is um, the CGI for Luke. Um, I feel like they could have done a little bit better. Uh, my friend said it perfectly. He said it kind of looked like a Snapchat filter. But I mean, they they did good with what they had. If if they went more for a deep fake instead of CGI, I think I feel like it would have looked better. Yeah, I I didn't have a problem with it. You know, obviously, it doesn't really look like him if you look hard if you know luke skywalker enough but i think with everything they're dealing with it's enough to look past it you know i saw a lot of people complaining about his haircut and i saw a lot of people complaining about his nose and it's like okay i i get it i get it that what do you what did you want did you want them to put out mark hamill with however old he is and <laughs> like no so look they did what they could and i i'm completely fine with it it doesn't deter my um experience whatsoever exactly they, they did good they did good with what they had for a tv budget yeah exactly um so let's wrap this up here what is your if you were to give a final score for season two of the mandalorian what would it I'll, be i'll have to say a 10 honestly because like like we mentioned at the beginning like yeah he was just do help me do this and i'll give you this but it set up each episode so it didn't take away from too much. And it, I think the ultimate payoff worked out 
So I'm going to give this season a 10. Yeah. 10. This season for me is going to be an A um, on a grading scale. That would be a four and a half out of five stars for me. Um, I rate things on a five star scale. Um, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. It wasn't perfect, but it was damn near close. Um, absolutely adored this season. This made me love Star Wars even more than I already did. And this got me into Clone Wars. So absolutely did its job. And huge, huge leap and bound step from season one, at least in my professional opinion. Um, so, Brandon, do you have any final thoughts on on this episode? Uh, no, not really. This I just think this season was great. And everything that's been set up leads to something great, I think. Because you know where it goes. And... But we don't know the side of Mandalore, and if they go to Mandalore, I think this will be great. Um, we have the new Ahsoka show coming, which I'm excited for. You have um, Rangers of the New Republic, which is going to be great, I think. And then you have the Boba Fett show, where he's going to be ruining his own crime syndicate. Unfortunately, it's going to be only, I think, four or five episodes long, but I'm excited. So, and definitely from... Go you ahead. forgot the biggest one. We have the Obi Wan show coming, which is not related yes. not related to it's Mandalorian, not re- but it's still. not related to the timeline. But man, I'm excited. When is that coming out again? I think next year. I think they just started. They start filming in like a month. Alrighty. Well, um, that's our wrap up show, guys, for Mandalorian season two. Hope you enjoyed it. If we didn't talk about something that you wanted to hear, head on over to Twitter at film code pod let us know your thoughts we'd love to talk to you about it you know brandon myself as one of, as well as one of our other hosts run our twitter account so we'd be happy to talk mandalorian or star wars with you um like i said follow the show over on twitter at film code pod you're definitely missing out if you don't check us out over there however you are listening to this right now you can find our other episodes we've done gosh probably 50 episodes between our main ones and our side segments There's tons, tons, tons of content for you there. I guarantee you'll find your favorite show, your favorite characters. We've talked about pretty much everything under the sun, as well as big movie reviews, Mank, I'm thinking of ending things, Trial of Chicago 7, Tenet, Inception, Get Out. Man, it's been incredible. It's been an incredible ride for Film Code in in only eight months. Um, Guarantee, guarantee, this will be your new favorite podcast. Just go ahead and give us a listen on one of our other episodes, and hopefully you enjoyed this. So, Brandon, thank you so much for doing this with me, and uh, tell tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah, man, it was great to be on again. So, uh, yeah, um, you guys find me at F-A-N-T-A-S-M-I-C Ears on Twitter, and Letterboxd, that's Fantasmic Ears. I tweet Star Wars, I tweet movies. Um, I tweeted a bunch of my grievances with Wonder Woman 84, because that movie was dog trash. Um, but yeah, check me out over there. I'm starting to log my films on Letterboxd finally. So yeah, definitely check me out. Phantasma Gears. Nathan, it was great to be on again, talking Mandalorian with you guys or with you. It'll be great to see what you think of Clone Wars and Rebels as you keep watching because I'm excited for you guys to get through that. Definitely. Uh, appreciate it, Brandon. My name's Nathan Pig. It was a pleasure hosting with you, Brandon. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig. That's Pig with two Gs. Um, Posting a lot of movies. Watch something 
almost every day. So would love to interact with you guys over there. Let me know you're a listener of the show. I'd love to talk with you more. Follow me on Twitter at NathanPig5. Post a lot of movie content as well. And then, like I said a few minutes ago, follow the show over on Twitter at FilmCodePod. We just do so much great stuff to try and interact with you guys. More Star Wars content is coming, and you can get free shout-outs on the show, things like that. You could even come on a side segment like this with us. There's so much great stuff going on over there, and you're missing out. So just want to thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed Mandalorian Season 2. What you can do is let us know what you thought. Leave us a comment. Head over to Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. And check out our other episodes. This has been Film Code. Thank you so much for listening.